Hey, hey, what's the fuss? And tell me what's happening. This is the Pyro Light Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 47. Today is the 30th of September, Friday. We're rolling into the midst of week four. This is Pyromaniac Mo. You can give me a follow on Twitter. All letters, P-Y-R-O-M-A-N-I-A-C-M-O. And you can find the wealth of Pyromaniac Podcasts on iTunes, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, and Blog Talk Radio. The opening music you heard tonight was from Speedometer. Same old thing off their album, Four Flights Up. Today, ladies and gentlemen, I am blessed to be here with Mr. Louis Mack. We are here to talk streaming options, waiver wire picks, Vegas, DFS, and so much more going on in week four. Now, Louis Mack is one of the great new additions to Pyro this season. He is an MLB expert on the scoreboard sports show on Real Raw Radio, and he is churning out our weekly matchups piece, uh, which we were going to talk a little bit about later and uh, talk some Vegas vibes with him. You can follow Louie Mac on Twitter at Mac 8 That is L-O-U-I-E-M-A-C-8. Mr. Louie Mac, how are you, brother? I'm doing fantastic. What about you, Mo? I'm doing well, man. You know, the the weekend is here. Uh, I didn't go to the high school football game tonight, so we're just kind of chilling. You know, I'm a teacher, and we're reading uh, John Green right now, which is really uh, one of my favorite authors, teen author. It's about high schoolers, a kid who, you know, kind of eventually scores the love of his life. And Louie, I don't want to brag, but my man, when I was in sixth grade, I dated Heather Cook Nikki, and she... Was an eighth grader. Oh, dog. Hell yeah, yeah, man. That's how we do it over here at Pyro. Always aiming big and scoring big. Yeah, baby. We had a very special moment under the bleachers. Uh, we, we held hands. We, we might have kissed. You know, I, I was so excited. I, I really don't know what happened exactly. It was all uh, right? It, yeah. It just everything in my head went. Uh, the little guy operating my head was, Mayday, Mayday! And he's pulling all the wires and pulling the levers. And I didn't know what to do, but you know, eighth grader, sixth grader, it's it's cool. It's cool. Oh, yeah. No big deal. See, I had it lucky. My older sister was two years older than me, so when I was a sixth grader, I had all my, I had my sister's friends to go hang out with, and I was I was able to go hang out with all the cool eighth graders because I was uh, my little sister's brother, so I had the the easy track into that one. Oh, I'm I'm envisioning like uh, the the movie Porky's when they drill the hole. <laughs> You know, no, not I mean, not quite that far. No, 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 no. Just I was the I was the the little uh, I was just uh, I can't remember them off of the little rascals, but the two little kids who really don't do anything, but they're tagging along and they're the best part of the movie. That's that was me. I like it. I like it. Setting you up for for future success. Uh, yes, sir. Hey, today is uh, September 30th, so most folks are going to be listening to this uh, on Saturday, but they are celebrating International Podcast Day with the hashtag uh, Podcast Day. So we're asking folks to get into the action. Uh, you know, follow me on Twitter, follow Louie Mac, again, Louie Mac 8 or Pyromaniac Mo. I'm going to tweet out a link. I'm sure Louie will as well tweet out a link to this show. And I'm going to include the hashtag podcast day. If you could uh, retweet it out uh, last year at this time, podcast day, the hashtag was trending number one for a while. So we are celebrating International Podcast Day uh, here at pyromaniac.com. Get into the celebration with us. Uh, a couple of pyro promos before we get this baby rolling. As you know, as I said off the top, 
We are on iTunes, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast, Attic, and of course, our beloved Blog Talk Radio. Now, I know you cats out there are fond of the knowledge that we are dropping and the goo we give you, so... Turn it around, help us out, give us a review. We'll take it on iTunes, Spreaker, wherever you find Pyro. Leave a review. Once you do, go ahead and give that baby a screen grab. Send it on over to Mozambique at pyromaniac.com. You can find my email on the Twitter account. And you will be entered to win one of three limited edition Walter Payton Sweetness prints. This was a limited run. Uh, There was only 85 created in order to honor the 85 bears. And as long as you send me proof that you've done a review, we are going to announce the winner on next week's show. So again, you can be entered to win uh, one of three that we're giving away. Walter Payton Sweetness Limited Edition prints. It's signed by the artist uh, from Chicago. As I said, 85 were done. And all you got to do is uh, give us a review and send it to me, Mozambique. That is M-O-Z-A-M-B-I-Q-U-E at pyromaniac.com. And next week, uh, we will announce the winner. So you got to do it before next week's show. I'm going to say November 7th, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time is the cutoff. Get those reviews in, and you can win one of three beautiful Walter Payton Sweetness prints. Okay, let us get going. I am so ready for week four. We got the early game, man. It's going to be a long day of football. Which is kind of cool, because I got my daughters going to a party, so I'm going to be broken up in the middle of it. So I I like that I get some uh, early action. Speaking of the action, let's talk a little bit of Vegas, baby. Essentially, we look to Vegas basically to get an idea of uh, how teams are going to score in the upcoming matchups. But you can do some other stuff. You can look at the overall points scored thus far. So, for example, uh, from week three through week three, the bottom of the barrel. We've got Seattle. They've only scored 52 NFL points thus far. Uh, LA, no surprise there, 46 points through three weeks. Chicago, the pyro heavy team, uh, 45 points. Louis, this is one that surprises me. Houston is at the bottom with Tennessee, both of them scoring 42, and those teams are, are playing each other. I thought we'd see a lot more scoring from uh, Lamar Miller, from Hopkins, from Fuller, Osweiler, 42 points in three weeks, man. Yeah, man, I just, I just, I know everybody was big on the Houston hype train, but I think some of the criticism of Bronco Osweiler just not being a, a, a big, anything more than a game manager. I mean, he's, he's not, I mean, he's not even Alex Smith level game manager, in my opinion. He's just he just doesn't have the arm strength to push the ball down the field. That is what makes Hopkins so effective. So now he's stuck trying to dink and dunk to a guy who's a big play threat who can stretch the field and makes his plays just blowing by people. It's just not a recipe for success. And unless Lamar Miller can keep handling the rock 25 times a game, it could go sideways pretty quickly. And I'm ex- I'm expecting some positive regression for Lamar Miller, as you said, 25 touches a game. I, I think he's going to get in the end zone and, and turn it around, but uh, I'm a little surprised there at the bottom of the barrel. Bill O'Brien, he, he's sort of denying it, but I've heard rumors he is uh, taking over play calling, so I'm kind of anxious to see that game this week. But if we looked at the top, the other end of the spectrum, teams I'm looking to get some action on. We've got five, I'm sorry, we've got three teams tied for fifth. So fifth most NFL scoring. 
We've got Detroit, New England, and Indy. They all have 82 points through three weeks. we got Denver at 84. San Diego, I'm liking them this week, 87. Philly, 92. And Atlanta, 104. Uh, get action on those teams. Looking at favorable running scripts uh, from Vegas. Pittsburgh is at home. Now, you're going to sense a theme here. Uh, I love those home games, as does Vegas. Pittsburgh is at home against Kansas City. Now, KC, we saw their secondary come to life last week. They've got a very good secondary. Uh, Marcus Peters, fantastic. But they don't have much of uh, D-line. They're not getting a lot of pressure. Uh, they only have three sacks thus far through three games, and only one team has fewer sacks, in fact. Uh, and they're giving up 123 rushing yards per game. That is tied for eighth most. So Lev Bell, the return, could have a big game, I'm thinking, with Pittsburgh. Plus, you got an angry Pittsburgh who was embarrassed last week. Might see some good action there on, on the ground game. I think that's a favorable running game. I also like um, you know, other guys that have positive game scripts. That means they are expected to win by a lot. So when you're up, you're going to run the ball and you're going to play D. What you thinking, brother? Uh, I mean, I'm going back to your Pittsburgh thing. Is you know they they're giving up. Kansas City's giving up a lot of yards on the ground. There's no doubting that. But if we go back and even a little bit deeper, the only two touchdowns on the ground that they've given up all year are to Melvin Gordon in Week One. So while Lamar Miller was able to chug out 83, and while Fortan Powell were able to combine for 95. Nobody's been able to find the end zone since. So, I mean, now we're talking about a level of player to Le'Veon Bell returning, and all the all reports right. of him returning have been astounding. But there's a little bit of you know, that Kansas City defense is is cranking it back up. They gave up 33 to – I mean, they gave up 27 to San Diego in week one, having given up 20 cents. So they're, they're coming into form. And, and I, especially once Justin Houston comes back and solidifies that pass rush, that's a tough defense, and it's something that we definitely want to keep an eye on. Yeah, for sure. That is, we saw that what that defense can do when they're running on all cylinders last year. Uh, going to be interesting to see Lev Bell, his return, just see if he is in game shape and ticked, or if it's going to be a little bit more D'Angelo than we're thinking. Uh, another game I'm keeping my eye on, Houston, again, this is the bottom of the barrel here, so it's a tough call, right? Uh, Houston expected to beat Tennessee by six and a half. Six and a half points. You're thinking positive game script. Houston is at home. Again, that's going to be a common narrative here. Tennessee, again, we got the two lowest scoring teams in the league. Uh, Tennessee, though, only expected to score 17 points. This uh, over-under is uh, the lowest at 40.5, but we could see Lamar really break off against this Tennessee uh, defense, especially if the game script goes the way Vegas is expecting. Um, that's not for sure, but every week I think we're going to see Vegas become more and more accurate as uh, we've got you know more sample size to draw from. What are you thinking about uh, the Houston-Tennessee, the bottom of the barrel game? <laughs> I mean, it definitely is, is trending towards a low-scoring game. Um, it's definitely going to be two teams that want to turn the ball on the ground. Um, but, you know, you were saying that Tennessee's not – their implied total is 17. 
Yes. They haven't scored 17 points in a game yet this season. Whoa. They That's a that's interesting. Yeah, they've they've scored 16 twice and 10 last week against Oakland. Um and then the only game that they've won obviously is the game against Detroit when they were able to hold them to only 15. So Tennessee is definitely turning into a team that wants to punch you in the mouth with DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry, try to keep Mariota from screwing himself and keep the game score low. Uh, it'll just be interesting to see what they can do to slow down uh, Lamar Miller and company in the running game. I th- I really uh, think Lamar could be a good play. Uh, I took it on the mouth last week because I thought Oakland and Tennessee, I thought we would maybe see some shootout. Tajay Sharp had, according to Pro Football Focus, one of the better matchups against uh, Sean Smith, I think. And now either he did nothing or Marietta didn't deliver. And I'm just not quite ready to say that about Marietta. I really loved him coming into the season, watching him last year. But, you know, he's forever going to be tied to Cam Winston. And I thought it would be a lot closer than it is. But Cam is looking like a far better quarterback thus far. Uh, What do you think? Uh, I mean... Mariota's come out and said to the press that he's pressing. He's trying to do too much to to take his game to the next level instead of just letting the game flow come to him. I think he's a smart enough cat to be able to take a step back, realize that DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry are showing to be great running backs, that Tajay Sharp has the potential, even though he's a rookie, to be a, a, a great receiver in this league. He just needs to take us. He's got Delaney Walker. He needs to take a step back. He needs to breathe. He needs to just let the game flow come to him, make the plays when he needs to make it. But he also needs to realize that sometimes the best play to make is to slide or to just chunk the ball away. And that's something that him and Jameis Winston both haven't figured out how to do yet. Yeah, Jameis famous for uh, making some bad decisions in college, both on, on and off the field. Uh, but that's going to be an interesting game. The two, the two low-scoring ones, definitely going to be the game script. I think that uh, Tennessee's been wanting that exotic smash mouth. Uh, going to be interested to see Bill O'Brien calling it there, and I, I do like a Lamar Miller this week. Another one I'm kind of peeping at here for a favorable running game script. We've got Washington. That's just a favorable script for Washington. They're expected to beat Cleveland. The opening was 10. Now, uh, just real quick on the opening in Vegas numbers. I'm still working on my Vegas piece. I'm hoping with the mother-in-law coming tomorrow, I can crank that puppy out. Uh, But one thing about Vegas, I've seen that spread change quite a bit. Now, I really like to go with the opening. I think that once it changes, that's driven by betting trends, not as much um, how they really feel the outcome of the game is going to be. I think that opening line is really what you want to look at. And then after that, it's really determined more by betting trends. So uh, it opened with Washington expected to beat Cleveland by 10. Um, Washington, of course, is at home, like home running backs. Washington has the second highest implied team total. They're uh, slated to score, according to Vegas, nearly 28 points. And the Browns expected to score only 18. So if indeed game script goes accordingly, Washington's going to be up. They're going to run the ball. They're going to play D. Uh, but lots of scoring to be had on the Washington side. I like them uh, passing as well. I like uh, Cousins to have a bit of a rebound. 
Now, Arizona, home to Jeff Fisher, Mr. 8-8 eight eight himself. Uh, Jeff, which I just, I'm, I'm taken aback by the fact that I believe the Rams are in first place in their division because technically they have the same record as Seattle, but they beat Seattle. Like, what, what do we just step into the Twilight Zone or what? Because the Rams are in first place in their division. Are you kidding me? The, the, the best part about it is not only are the Rams in first place, they've done it relatively, relatively without any offense. Um, Todd Gurley's only scored two touchdowns. Case Keenum finally found the end zone in week three. So they went one and one in two weeks without scoring a single offensive touchdown. And the week one blowout was to a 49ers team who everybody is expecting to be in the lottery for the number one overall draft pick. So, and this is with number one overall draft pick, Jared Goff still riding pine and holding a clipboard. I know, like the amount of rookies that we have seen step up and play is amazing considering that the number one draft pick has still yet to be seen on the field. Well, four four rookie quarterbacks have officially started an NFL game this year all before the number one overall draft pick. But Jeff Fisher's about to go sign an extension and be in Los Angeles for another, what, three or four years? Yeah, I heard that, and I tweeted something at that, like, uh, Robert Johnson, the, the famed blues man who uh, sold his soul to the devil by a crossroads at midnight, he has the second best deal in history, because if Jeff Fisher is getting a freaking extension, that is the best deal that anybody ever made with the devil. I don't know how he got that thing done, but... Hey, I, I, I have yet to figure out how the GM's with Los Angeles and San Francisco are still holding on the jobs right now with the rosters that they are putting out on the field every Sunday. Like Tavon Austin and Torrey Smith are not number one wide receivers in the NFL, but here we are three weeks in a row. Both of them have lined up as the number one. I know. I told Deanie not to start uh, Tavon last week because I said, man, the, you know, that offense is just terrible. And, you know, you can't start Tavon Austin comfortably because you just don't know when his gadgetry is going to hit. And with that offense, you're not betting on it. But he hit last week. I heard a good thing about Jeff Fisher. Someone said that uh, Jeff Fisher, so picture him in your mind. Jeff Fisher looks like the guy at the marina that tries to pick up your mom and take him on the boat or take her on the boat. <laughs> Right? Doesn't he look like the guy that oh, you know h- hitting on your mom? Hey, just I'll, got a new mo- just got a new motor. You want to come out for a spin, Sandy? Thank you for putting that into my mind. I will never get that out. Somebody, when you listen to this, please make a meme of this and tag me in it and mention me on Twitter so I can share it to the world. If you could do that, you will have a new biggest fan in Louis Mack because that is fantastic. <laughs> I thought that was pretty apt for uh, <laughs> old 8 and 8 Jeff Fisher. Uh, looking elsewhere for running games now, uh, Arizona, of course, how are you not going to look at Arizona for the, the running back situation? But Arizona, as we said, home to the Rams, uh, that's certainly going to be a good one. Uh, but let's look at big play scoring opportunities. So, Running game, passing game, what have you. The largest over-under of the week, New Orleans, heads to San Diego, uh, opened at 53.5. So I'm, I'm, I'm liking, guys, both teams there, New Orleans, San Diego. Well, uh, how, can he, how can he not like both teams there? 
New Orleans can't stop a, a JV high school offense, and San Diego is pretty almost just as they are. They've shown poor, you know, they've shown the ability to give up huge chunks of points at a given time. So it should be an interesting game. Yeah, it, both going to be big scoring. In fact, the highest implied team total. Or, in other words, in layman's terms, uh, according to Vegas, the team that they think will score the most is indeed San Diego. They've got them slated to score nearly 29 points Jeez. as their home home to the Saints, who are just, you know, horrific, historically bad on defense. And uh, Drew Brees, you know, already over 1,000 yards passing. Uh, I want guys both sides of the ball there. Second highest game of the week, Carolina traveling to Atlanta. That one expected with the over-under of 50 points. Uh, and plus, you got that narrative street of an angry Cam uh, might come back and do something. And Atlanta, I mean, as I said, they are one of the top five, top two for uh, overall scoring. I think they were the top one for overall scoring. Yeah, 104 points from Atlanta. So you got to like that game as well. Go for it, brother. I'm what loving- you think? I'm loving the resurgence of Matt Ryan. Um, yeah. I, I, I can't claim that I called it before the season with a group of buddies, but I told them that, you know, everybody's like, oh, he's not, you know, a fantasy quarterback. I was like, he's had a couple years in his career where he hasn't been fantasy relevant. Other than that, he's he's solid. It looks like him and Kyle Shanahan have finally found a happy medium between that god-awful offense that Kyle Shanahan brings to the table and then letting yeah. Matt Ryan incorporate what makes him a quarterback, and that lets and that is running a little bit quicker pace, and also, um, you know, letting him spread the ball out instead of just funneling the ball to Julio. So Matt Ryan's fantasy outlook goes way up. Hey man, as a Julio owner, I don't mind a little funnel action to Julio. <laughs> Hey, no, I've got not- I've got I've got shares of Julio all over the place. I think in almost every league this year where I drafted in the top three, I grabbed Julio, and I I'm I'm kind of torn between it because I love the targeting, uh, just because that's a whole lot of receptions. Yeah. But you know, if he's if 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 Muhammad Sanu or Justin Hardy or some of the other younger receivers or Devonta Freeman and Jacob Tammy and Tevin Coleman can keep doing what they do. Maybe that'll take some of the pressure off of him. And, you know, he'll still get his five, six catches a game, go for close to 100, and maybe even find the end zone a little bit more often. That's what I'm hoping yeah. for. Julio. I, I kid. I still believe in him. He's he's always going to be the guy that's a little tweaked, a little banged up. He's still going to get his weeks. I'm still, you know, you don't bench your studs. I tweeted out last week, you know, in, uh, when you're playing blackjack, Dealer has a face card. You hit on 16. When you're playing fantasy, you you start your studs. So I'm nope. not sweating not sweating Julio, but you know I, I want to see my old Julio from last year and years past. That's that's what I want to see. Well, and hey, you might want to sweat some uh, Cam Newton love this week because last year, now granted, this was week 16. They had already wrapped up the division. They had already wrapped up the number one seed. They were undefeated at the time. Um. Goes into Atlanta and drops a big old turd. Only thrown for 142, only rushing for 46. His only saving grace was he did he did find the end zone on the ground, but he only got 14 points in fantasy. So it's a high-scoring game. It should be. Neither defense is really look. Atlanta's defense is awful. 
Um, they just have no idea what they're doing out there. And Carolina's defense hasn't shown what they were last year. So it, it could go back into a nice high scoring. And, you know, Cam and Matt Ryan should be able to, you know, do their thing. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, like I said, 50 over under. Now, right behind that one at 49.5 is what it opened at. Is a Indy traveling to Jacksonville. I, I'm liking the Indy players up and down the board there. Um, one other one to mention real quick. Second, I said San Diego was expected to score the most points. I already talked about Washington as having that 10-point spread. Washington, again, home to Cleveland, but uh, they are expected to score the second most points at uh, nearly 28. A couple notable mentions there. Pittsburgh expected to score almost 27 points. And uh, Carolina is right up there as well. We just talked about them. Uh, 26.5. So games, I, I think the folks are going to hear us talk about because I know we've got some players that we're going to mention. So without further ado, let's just transition right into a bit of trivia, if you don't mind. So Sir, I've got one laid out here for you. Positionally, so I'm just talking, you know, running back one, running back two, running back three, quarterback one, quarterback two, quarterback three. How they rank so far in fantasy. Now, I don't want you to necessarily give me uh, what position they're at, but out of all the rookies, quarterbacks, running backs, tight ends, wide receivers, out of all the rookies, who is the highest at their position so in fantasy which rookie is let's say the highest uh you know number 10 at their position or number nine who is the highest rookie at their position don't have to necessarily give me where they rate but out of all the rookies who is the highest in their position and i want you to think about that as everybody at home listens to this while we pay the bills listen to this commercial and you'll be right back with the Pyrolite Podcast. All right, you are back with the Pyrolite Podcast. I am Pyromaniac Mo. I am here with Louie Mack, and we at Pyromaniac are ramping up the content. We've got new weekly pieces, including uh, off the top of our heads, we got the injury report, we got weekly matchups, uh, we're doing videos. I've got the uh, practice report videos coming out on Saturday, plus the articles and charts you know and love, targets, touches, and looks, pyro power rankings, weekly pickups, and so much more that we're cranking out. Louis Mack, one of our new writers and contributors. We've got a bunch of people. You heard uh, Pyrolytics last week. We've got all sorts of great heads uh, in the the machine that is pyro. Uh, so, ton of great stuff. It's a real exciting time. Check it out, pyromaniac.com. All right, before break... I asked you and the fans at home, out of all the rookie players out there, which rookie is the highest ranked fantasy player at their position? So just give me a name. Which rookie do you think is the best right now at their position? I've got a question for you. Is it PPR standard? Uh, I, um, PPR is what I looked up, I believe. All right, well, it's a toss-up between Carson Wentz and Sterling Shepard. I'm going to go Carson Wentz. Ding, ding, ding. You, sir, might even get the bonus points. Carson Wentz is quarterback number 10. Dak Prescott is right behind him, according to FF Today. Uh, he's at number 11. Now, runners-up, 
the highest wide receiver is indeed Sterling Shepard. Uh, he's at number 11. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is number 17. And, of course, we know the tight end is not a position that you want to start your rookies. Uh, Austin Hooper, I believe, as long as I didn't overlook somebody, Austin Hooper is number 31. But uh, it was real close, 0.8 difference between Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott. Again, Carson Wentz is 10. Uh, Sterling Shepard, who I'm kind of fading this week, he was uh, 11. And then, again, Ezekiel Elliott was the 17th highest running back in PPR formats. Okay. Uh, moving right on, we are going to talk, after we just did our Vegas vibes, we're going to talk streaming right now. So when we talk streaming, folks, we are talking guys that are available in 50% of NFL Fantasy League. So if you go to www.com, uh, fantasy.nfl.com, you can see the trends. Now, trends are always a-changing. So we look after the waiver wire, or after Wednesday, basically. And so these should be guys that are available in 50% of NFL Fantasy Leagues available right now. So most of them should be available on your waiver wire. We're going to try to name a few just so you can grab a streamer. Now, I'm going to do a bit of week in review. I, I did this last week at the top. I'm just going to do it by position right now. If you listen to Mo, listen to me, and you streamed your quarterback every week, and you listen to my picks, through three weeks, I would be quarterback number six, right behind Cam Newton, which I think, I'm going to pat myself on the back, I think that's pretty damn good, considering these are guys I'm picking up off the waiver wire, guys that are 50% available. Uh, at the time, it was Stafford, week two, Matt Ryan, who was the second highest quarterback that week, and then Flacco, I picked last week, didn't do as well, but still, I'm going to take quarterback number six, right behind Cam Newton, if I'm streaming. So, this week... Week four, Louis Mack. Who are you liking to stream at the quarterback position? Uh, a couple guys to go off the top. Um, Alex Smith. Um, I know it's not a sexy name, but it is a it is a name. Um, and then I like Dak Prescott as well, but my official pick would have to be Alex Smith. I, I love his matchup. Pittsburgh hasn't given up less than 300 yards passing yet in a game. Um, and that's, uh, and they're 16th against fantasy quarterbacks. Um, and then while they've, they've done a pretty good job, the, the Steelers have a, a stout run defense, but what they don't do very well is cover the running back out of the backfield. And we all know that Alex Smith has three targets, Jeremy Macklin, Travis Kelsey, and, um, the running back, whether that be Spencer Ware or, Jamal Charles, reports are saying Jamal Charles might be back for this game. Um, so the the Steelers' defense has actually – where did they go? Oh. <laughs> the Steelers' defense has actually given up almost 300 yards. They've given up 290 yards and two touchdowns through the air to running backs. Um, that would be Gio Bernard for 100 and then Darren Sproles got him for a 77-yarder um, last week. So, um, and then you know Travis Kelsey is Alex Smith's one of his favorite targets. The only real tight end threat that that they face so far is Jordan Reed in Week One. They Jordan Reed got 65 yards, but if you go back and look at everything, Kirk Cousins was feeding the ball to his receivers to get the yardage. I really think that, you know, Alex Smith is going to have a good day getting the ball to Travis Kelsey and getting the ball to whatever running back is handling the pass-catching duties. 
So I expect him to hit that 300-yard mark again, throw for a couple touchdowns. You know he's not going to throw you any picks, and he's a sneaky running option. He's going to get you a couple yards on the ground, and he might even get you a, a CD on the ground. Yeah, I'm with you with Alex Smith, 66% uh, availability. Uh, this is a game script I think could really favor Kansas City here. Pitt's favored by five, so uh, Kansas City could be put in a position to pass. Like you say, Alex Smith doesn't make many mistakes, um, and Pittsburgh has not been that old blitzing defense of yesteryear. Uh, they just don't seem to be rushing the quarterback. Now, they only have one sack. One sack through three games, that's literally the bottom of the barrel. Uh, they rank 32nd out of all defensive sacks. Uh, they're averaging, they are allowing one touchdown a game and 332 yards of passing per game every week. They've allowed over 300 yards of passing. Uh, only eight quarterbacks for Alex Smith. Only eight have more red zone attempts. And like you say, he's got the, the sneaky legs, too. And now, and another thing you said, you brought up the game script, and it reminded me of his week one game against San Diego. Dude went off. He was actually, if you take his score from week one of this year, it was more points fantasy wise than he scored in all in any game of 2015. So fantasy wise, it's been wow. the best game yeah. of the year for two years. You know, over the last couple of years, um, and he's going to get put into a situation again where. He's going to have to throw the ball because, because like you said, Pittsburgh doesn't rush the passer well. They're not selling out to get the quarterback because they know they're so weak on the back side with their with their yeah. their secondary. So they're selling out to stop the run, and then they're you know they're hoping that they only have to bring three or four pressure and drop everybody else back in the coverage. Um, so they, they're, he's going to throw a bunch. He's got a chance to, he may not put up week one numbers, but he's got a chance to get to that point again. And I, I just have that gut feeling that he's going to go off Sunday. Uh, was that the Monday game or the Sunday game? That's a Sunday night game. It is the, uh, the Sunday game. I do believe the Monday night game is, um, the Giants in, uh, Minnesota, the Kansas city pit, I believe is the Sunday nighter. Uh, so you get exposure to um, Alex Smith in, in the Pittsburgh game if you're playing the millionaire maker, which, of course, we're going to talk DFS in a bit. Uh, here you also say Dak Prescott. Now, both of these guys are 66% available. So guys you can nab off the waiver wire. Now, a, a rookie that I also like, I, I do like Dak. I like Trevor Simeon, 88% available. Uh, only three quarterbacks have more passing attempts inside an opponent's 10. Only six teams have given up fewer sacks. And now in fantasy, you're chasing opportunity to score. And as I said, he, he's passing a lot inside the opponent's 10 um, with Denver at the helm, or with Simeon at the helm with Denver. We saw what he could do last week. And they're going up against Tampa. Tampa's given up seven passing touchdowns to wide receivers so far. Uh, that leads the league, so good for a rookie. Tampa also allowing the fourth highest quarterback rating to opposing quarterbacks. Good for a rookie. Uh, the Bucks, you know, one measly interception thus far. Uh, and when they get in close, when Denver gets in close, they're tossing. You know, um, I think there's going to be scoring opportunities. Uh, we've seen him throw inside the 10 and, you know, where red zone attempts are, TDs are to follow. 
What do you think? I I, I like Simeon. Um, coming into the year, I was a skeptic. He's he's shown me that he is he's got a he's kind of what they used to call AJ McCarron at Alabama. He's a playmaking game manager. He's not afraid to just turn the ball, turn around and hand the ball up to C.J. Anderson and do what is needed to be done. But like he showed last week, Cincinnati sold out to stop the run, and he made them pay for it. And if he can have games like that where the other the, the opposing defense is going to sell out to stop the run and stop C.J. Anderson, he's going yeah. to have to make those plays. And I liked what I saw out of him coming out of it um, against Cincinnati, which is you know usually a pretty a good defense. Um, and, you know, but the only thing I'm afraid of with Simeon for at least this week is I'm afraid that that, that Denver defense is just going to confuse Winston to a point of, you know, getting, you know, getting blown out. And we might see a lot more C.J. Anderson. But, I mean, for the long haul and for especially, I mean, and, and depending on if you have Carson Wentz who's on a bye week or if, you, if you're dealing with like an Eli Manning who's got the, the tough Vikings, Simeon's a great option to roll with because they're going. They, they've shown that they're going to let him chunk the ball. Yeah, you know that could happen. I'm going to talk uh, Mike Evans later. He's one of my DFS guys. According to PFF, Pro Football Focus, he's going to face Bradley Roby for the majority of the game. That is Mike Evans. And uh, every week, Pro Football Focus. I've been seeing ESPN now does this with Mike Clay. Uh, he used to be at Pro Football Focus. He's friend of Pyrolite Podcast. I've talked to Mike Clay. Uh, Jeff, talked to Jeff Radcliffe as well. Uh, but Pro Football Focus, I think, was the one that started doing the, the wide receiver cornerback matchup. And according to Pro Football Focus, Mike Evans has the best wide receiver cornerback matchup. So if Evans does indeed have a good game, that game script could lend itself to Simeon passing the ball, and we won't see quite a C.J. Anderson. Because I was a little skeptical of that as well, uh, That the game script maybe. But my hope is, because I'm going to be betting on Mike Evans, my hope is that it's a bit of a shootout and not, you know, they're going back and forth and they're going to be passing. And that's why you're the uh, the host and I'm just a special guest. Oh, <laughs> uh, baby, I've been 39 years on this earth, and I am only discovering the questions to ask now. So... <laughs> But by no means uh, do I have a monopoly on the knowledge. I, I still watch Star Wars to get my, my philosophy that, from Obi-Wan, hey, Obi-Wan you Kenobi. You don't need to look anywhere else for that. Obi-Wan Kenobi and Yoda is the only, the only philosophy you may need in life. I, I literally just got this cool book. I forget what it's called, but it's like uh, The World According to the Force or something like that. And it's it's like a, a, a Taoist kind of book using the Force. It's like talking about how the Force can be a guiding principle in your life. It's, I'll have to look up the name and uh, yeah, definitely tweet it out. Yeah, that to it, me because that's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good one. I got a bunch of good Star Wars stuff. In fact, Uh-oh. I'll show you. I'll show you. Those of you watching me, I'm decking out uh, – the my office closet here and uh when you see me on the videos for the uh, practice reports i'm going to kind of deck it out and you know try to get some attractive cool things in the background but i found recently uh, i'm showing this so to the audience i'm going to have to say uh this was from episode 40 or uh i guess what is it release number 48 this is the star wars comic book so this is probably I can flip and find yeah June 1981. That's before me. The, that's, that's before the, me. This, 
I, I remember getting this. I've got quite a few of these, and I'm um, I'm decking this one out because on the cover it's got uh, Leia versus Vader, and of course Vader's got uh, a body basically underneath his feet, and he's got his lightsaber, and Leia's blasting him with a, a a blaster, and Vader's deflecting it, and it's just all the Star Wars goo you can handle. Um, back to the NFL though. <laughs> Uh, but man, I'd, I'd love to do a Star Wars podcast hey, with you. Um, oh, dude, I am so down. I think, with that. I think we'd have to go like six and a half hours at least, though, and at least like a, a whole day marathon of watching them all before we could do it, because that's the only way to do it right. Oh, I am so excited for my kids to get it and uh, start getting into it. I mean, I am just of the age I saw all the originals in the theater. I mean, I. I am an old man oh. and just in time to uh, catch the 77. I think I saw it in 1978, uh, the, the Star Wars release in Canada. It was still in the theaters when I was up there. Uh, and man, I when the remakes came out, I remember I was in De- um, Colorado at the time when they re-released them before, you know, episodes one, two and three. I, man, when that the opening credits played, people were standing up and cheering in the crowd. It was so freaking cool. Oh. The first ever midnight premiere I ever went to was the episode Star Wars Episode Three, um, the last of the you know the the first you know the prequel trilogy, um, and the, we just happened to choose the theater that was a all the ticket sales went to charity, and they performed mm. like a little like wire um, lightsaber battle in the movie theater, like jumping and flipping over all the people sitting in their seats and having a lightsaber battle and stuff. It was so dope. I was like. 12 or 13 it was the coolest thing in the world bitchin that is cool now, that's really cool before we go back to the nfl have you ever watched them in machete order no the machete order yeah man it's four then five then two three and then six wow so you're watching why do you call it the machete order just because you're chopping it up i have no idea why they called it i i was introduced to by a friend and he said it's the best way of doing it and he said he ba- it basically keeps the entire timeline as a story of Luke being the, the main character. And yeah, yeah. so, like, he said that you throw in two and three to give, like, a backstory almost on why, you know, who Vader becomes, you know, Anakin becomes Vader. And then you jump back into six to, to finish it off. And then, the, and then it just leaves out one because one was kind of just meh anyway. So... <laughs> I can see that four and five, so that's when you get the the news that uh, Luke, I am your father, and then you get the backstory of how he actually became his father, and then you get it all finished off. Yeah, I can dig it, man. I I can dig it. Uh, while we're on this, and I, we're gonna get right back, folks, to fantasy. Uh, but have you ever like the Godfather, which I have up there as well? Plus, I've got my little stormtrooper dude that I put together myself. Oh, yeah. Um. The Godfather trilogy, you can watch it in, uh, I forget what it's called. It's like the Godfather something, and it does it in a time sequence. So if you've ever watched The Godfather, it's always cutting back and forth between, uh, especially Godfather 2, it it, uh, juxtaposes Michael Corleone's rise to power with Vito Corleone's rise to power with uh, Al Pacino and then um, Robert De Niro playing the part of uh, his father like 50 years before. So they do it in exact timeline order. That is a cool one. I forget what it's called, like the Godfather movie or Godfather. Uh, there's a name to it, but that one's a cool one to see in the exact time order. Hey, there's enough craziness out there where you can have a lot of fun with some of those longer uh, movie series. 
D-Rex and I have been talking. We need it's, this is definitely an off-season <laughs> thing, but we need to have like a vi- uh, movie podcast sort of offshoot of Pyro here. I think that's a cool idea. All right, baby, I'm gonna I'm gonna steer this train around and get us back on the fantasy vibe. Uh, but Lord knows I can talk some movies all day long. Um, we're talking streaming. We talked a little bit about Alex Smith, if he is available, uh, and he is in 66% of NFL fantasy leagues. He's a good option. I liked Trevor Simeon myself. My boy Louis Mack brought up Dak Prescott. Uh, one other guy before my official call this week, Cousins. If he's out there, go ahead and grab him. I think he's going to really rebound this week. He's had a lot of hollow passing games, a lot of big uh, yardage, but not a lot of touchdowns, not a lot of points. Um, there are He's facing Cleveland. Eight teams are allowing more passing yards than Cleveland, so they're ranked ninth for most passing yards allowed. Cleveland only generated three sacks, so averaging just one a game. So I think Flacco should be able to stand tall in the pocket. Vegas is expecting them to score 28 points. That's the second highest team implied total. So Washington, again, high spread, but high implied point total should be good for fantasy. If you can pick them up, Cleveland's banged up. They got three cornerbacks uh, listed as questionable Williams being uh, a big one. They have uh, three down linemen that are already out. They got a linebacker that's already out. So again, I think uh, uh, Cousins could have a bounce back here. Positive game script for him, but I think they're going to get up and get up quick, and that's going to be some fantasy points. My big pick, though, my official one, as I said, I always pick an official one for the week. If you'd listened to my streamers thus far, you would have quarterback number six right behind Cam Newton. My official pick, Joe Flacco. 88% available, amazingly. Uh, The Ravens are home. I love my home quarterbacks. Ravens are home to Oakland. Oakland allowing the fifth highest quarterback rating to opposing teams. Oakland giving up the fourth most fantasy points to the position. Oakland giving up the second most fantasy points to the wide receiver position. So good for Flacco. Uh, No other team in the NFL is actually giving up more passing yards than Oakland. And through three games, they've given up five TDs. In fact, throw out last week because the the Tennessee game was god-awful. They've given up five touchdowns in the first two games. So Flacco is my official quarterback streamer of the week. Let's roll right on over to the tight end spot. This is the, again, tight end streamers, 50% available. Uh, A look back really quick. My tight end position, not as good as my other positions. I'm doing really well at the other positions. Now, last week, Lytics, he did take Pitta. Pitta was the 13th best in week three. Uh, Last week, unfortunately, after rattling off three different tight ends, I actually went with Jared Cook. Uh, Of course, he got hurt, so... That really took a ding on my overall total. My overall total, if you were streaming my tight ends, you'd only have tight end 21. Admittedly, that is where I am doing the worst. I'm going to bounce back when we talk about running back and wide receiver. Louie, who are you taking at the tight end position for week four if you're going to stream? Well, there's two guys that showed that, that really um, came across when I was looking at the, uh, the NFL availability for guys who met our criteria. And one of them is Kyle Rudolph, which I have no idea how he's not owned in more leagues. He is Sam Bradford's second target. So I don't really want to go into him because he is a given that he should be owned, especially in that offense. So I'm yeah. going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to take it back another notch to somebody that some people don't really look at. And that would be Zach Miller in Chicago. 
Um, and he's actually projected to finish at about tight end eight this week. So yeah, that should be some good um, some good streaming options, good streaming quality for you. He gets the he gets the Detroit Lions, who have been just god awful. They're mm-hmm. the worst defense against um, tight ends this year. Um, Delaney Walker lit him up for 83 yards in week two and a touchdown. Jack Doyle and Dwayne Allen combined for 88 yards and three scores in week one. And your boy Jared Cook actually put up 15 yards on his one catch, but then he got hurt. So then his replacement, Richard Rogers, got nine yards, but he got a touchdown. So on the very next play. <laughs> Yeah, I was so, crying. They've given up at least one touchdown to every starting tight end, every number one tight end on the team that they've seen so far. Brian Hoyer is the quarterback in Chicago until Cutler either gets healed or they, he just may stick it out the rest of the year. We don't know. Honestly, I'd probably roll with Hoyer. <laughs> um, and their defense sucks. He's going to have to throw the ball. Zach Miller is going to be his guy. Yeah, I'm going to talk Miller once we talk DFS. Um, just to give a, a brief little showcase, though, before I get to the DFS tight end, because Miller is one of the guys I'm going to talk about. Uh, Hoyer's really developing a connection with Zach Miller. In fact, uh, again, sneak preview here. I believe, I've got the notes once I scroll down there, and I'll read them off to you, but I believe Zach Miller with Hoyer had the same amount of targets that Zach Miller did in the first two weeks. So Hoyer was really looking uh, to Zach Miller. And like you say, my Lions are just god-awful against the position. Uh, But playing DFS, playing streaming, Zach Miller is indeed a fine call. Um, A couple other guys, just in case... Um, these folks, Kyle Rudolph, again, 50, uh, about 55% availability, Zach Miller, 61%. In case these cats aren't out there, just a couple of other names, Hunter Henry, this guy I'm going to bet is out there. He's available in 98% of leagues. Chargers, again, expected to score the most points this week, nearly 29. Uh, nobody even comes close to Rivers red zone pass attempts. He has 28. Cousins is second. My dog Cousins with 23, uh, without Keenan Allen, without my boy Woodhead, and of course without another one of my guys, gosh, Antonio Gates. I'm really expecting um, Hunter Henry to get a big slice of the pie last week also without Gates. Henry caught all five of his targets for 76 yards. You convert just one of those to a touchdown. Now we are talking. Another guy, uh, real quick, Pitta. Uh, I'm actually, I think I'm going to play him. I I might actually pick up Miller. I'm going to kind of see how I'm feeling and look at the reports. It's come Sunday morning, but Pitta available in 78% of leagues versus Oakland. Uh, They are indeed a West Coast team that is flying east historically since 2012. They lose West Coast teams that fly east and play in that early game slot lose two out of every three games. Last year, if you climbed a mountain and asked for sage advice from a yogi sitting on top of the mountain he would grant your wish i am sure uh uh, give you that life advice and then he'd pat you on the butt as you left and say by the way start your tight ends against the raiders that's who pitta gets this week only four teams are allowing more yards to the position in the first two weeks oakland gave up five passing tds and no other team allowing more yards to the position or no other team allowing more passing yards per game 
Then the Raiders, my official pick, though, you mentioned him. I do not know how he's available. Mr. Rudolph, as we said, 55% of leagues, no other tight end, is getting a larger share of the team targets. Then Rudolph, Bradford really likes him. We always say good things follow opportunity. He is getting 30%, nearly 30% of the team target share. Only one tight end in the NFL actually has more targets than he does. Faces the Giants. We know the Giants have a good pass rush, but I think they are susceptible over the middle. Witten so far against the Giants. Nine catches. Uh, Reed, four for 56. Without AP, we're seeing a bit more of the old Norv Turner. And like I said, Bradford uh, has clear chemistry with Rudolph. So I, I, if you can get him, nab him now. What do you think? Uh, yeah, Pitta... Pitta, Rudolph, they're all great picks. You brought up Hunter Henry, and I know people are going to be listening to this going, Mo, Louie, uh, New Orleans is actually pretty good against the, the, the tight ends this year. They haven't, faced a tie, they haven't faced a team that likes to feature the tight end as much as Phillip Rivers does. Um, no team, no tight end has seen more than five targets against New Orleans so far. A lot of that's probably because the wide receivers get so many looks because their their defense is just awful. But Philip Rivers historically loves his his tight end. He's always had Antonio Gates. Um, and Hunter Henry is just. I mean, he's a he's a stud. He's he's going to be a top tight end in the league eventually. Um, he's got what he he needs. And I think this will be the this will be really the first test for New Orleans to see if they can actually stop a tight end because they're going to give Hunter Henry the looks. Well, and like we said, expected to score the most points. And not only that, I mean, he is killing it. I mean, 28 red zone attempts for Phillip Rivers. The next highest, as I said, 23. That's five less. 28 red zone attempts in three games. Are you kidding me? And talk about building chemistry. Every time he threw it to Hunter Henry last week, Hunter Henry caught it, tucked it in, five for five. A veteran quarterback is going to note something like that when he's in trouble. Chips are down, like you said. He's always looked to Gates. Here is the young kid. Let's test him out, test the waters. Caught 100% of his passes last week. I know Philip Rivers has filed that in the back of his mind. So if you can't grab some of these other guys that are not as available, Pitta, Rudolph, Zach Miller, Hunter Henry, I think, is a great call on a team that's slated to score a ton of points. Moving over to defensive streaming. Uh, again, we can review or look back thus far. If you were taking all my streaming options, and I basically start a new defense every week in my redraft leagues, I play the matchups. Uh, if you were to take my streaming options right now, you would have the sixth best ranked defense. Um, this week, though, we got... I don't think there is as many options available. Louis Mack, who are you liking for a defensive streamer this week? Well, my rule of thumb moving forward for the rest of the year is going to be pick on the Browns. Um, yeah. So I'm going to I'm gonna stick with that. And I'm going to take the, the Washington Redskins. They're projected the eighth best defense this week. Um, so that's going to give you solid return. Um, Corey Coleman's out. Josh Gordon, the reports are that he's going to an in-hab uh, rehab facility, so he's not coming back. He wasn't going to be back for this game, but he is, you know, he's not coming back. So that locks 
Um, Terrell Pryor in as really the only wide receiver option they have and the only really passing threat they have outside of Gary Barnage. Um, so yeah. I expect yeah. I expect Washington to be able to either let Norman follow Pryor and just shadow him all game and shut him down one-on-one. Or if they decide to let Norman go back to only playing one side of the field, they're going to be able to double him. They're going to be able to do all these things. And they're just going to, they're just, and they're not, you know, and outside of the D'Angelo Williams game, they haven't given up a hundred yard rusher um, yet. Um, and out and Isaiah Crowell has not been really that efficient this year. Um, he hasn't been, you know, the only game he's had that goes over a hundred yards was against the Ravens. And the only reason he did that was because of that 85 yard play he made. If you take that play out, he only had 48 yards on 17 carries. So they're not an effective running game. They're not an effective, they're just not an effective offense, especially with Cody Kessler taking over as the quarterback for the next couple of weeks with McCown injured. So it's just going to be pick on the rookie, pick on Isaiah Crowell, who's not that great of a running back, in my opinion. Duke Johnson, he's not being utilized like Geo did in the Hugh Jackson offense. It leads me to believe he's not as good as we all hoped and wanted him to be. And with Josh Gordon not coming back, picking on the Browns is going to be the way to go moving forward. Absolutely. Uh, I couldn't agree more. That is indeed my official pick this week. Washington, they're available in 74% of leagues. Uh, A couple things I look for with a defensive streamer. I want a home team. They're going to be loud when the opposing quarterback is trying to get the plays called. It's going to make it more difficult. Uh, Check Washington at home against the Browns. I want an opposing team that's not uh, expected to score many points. Check Browns only expected to score 18. Um, I want an opposing team that's going to look to pass a lot and hopefully make mistakes again. We're going to check that one off the list because Washington is expected to win, opened at 10. Um, So that means Cody Kessler is probably going to have to pass, put in positions he's not comfortable with. Uh, Washington leads the league with six forced fumbles. And again, this game script, it, it could lend itself to fumbles and interceptions and sacks. The Browns, I want an opposing quarterback that is below 60% completion. The Browns, 58% completion. Uh, Cleveland, they have allowed, they've given up 10 sacks in just three games. Only two other teams have given up more. And man, Kessler is getting banged around. 23 quarterback hits they've allowed. Uh, Only one team has allowed their quarterback to be banged up more. So when a defensive streamer comes along, there's certain things I'm looking for. Washington hits all the the boxes I'm looking at. Oh yeah, and I agree. You know, they you know, I every, take everything that you just said. Now, when we want to break it down even further, wide receiver ones have torched um Washington so far. Tony Brown had a huge game week 1. Um Odell Beckham had a decent game in week 3. Um and then Des Bryant had the best game of his season so far in week 2. Um, but if we go past just the wide receiver ones, which is, I think, a lot of issue with Josh Norman not feeling comfortable shadowing people except for against yeah. Odell, um, they have shut down wide receiver twos and the wide receiver three option against their opposing teams. So being able to take out Terrell Pryor is going to be a big, a big thing, but if they can do that, they've got 
they've got the um they've got the the recipe to bottle up everybody else and Norman getting accustomed to the defensive scheme not uh able to play both sides following around and you're talking three of you know arguably the best wide receivers for wide receiver ones Antonio Dez OBJ so that's quite a list that they've allowed and and like you said I don't think with uh the it's such a sad situation with um Josh Gordon although he wasn't even slated to play but it's just really I feel bad for him I mean uh feel bad for his family but besides that I mean Terrell Pryor he's going to be great but he is not in the caliber of Antonio Dez and OBJ so I think Washington can clearly shut it down just in case Washington's not available I think Dallas could be kind of sneaky. Lord knows they're available, 96% of leagues. They're facing off against San Francisco. San Francisco, um, or I'm sorry, Dallas has only allowed one rushing touchdown. On a fantasy points per game basis, only 11 teams are allowing fewer points. Dallas is a road favorite. That means Gabbert is going to be probably looking to throw. Uh, literally has half the passing yards of Drew Brees. Three passing TDs and three interceptions in three weeks for Mr. Gabbard. San Fran, their line, great against the pass rush, but as far as run blocking, Football Outsiders ranks them 30th in adjusted line uh, yards for San Francisco for um, run blocking. You're playing on the hopes that Gabbard continues to throw the ball and turn it over at a one-to-one ratio with touchdown and interceptions. San Fran has the second lowest completion percentage. I said you want to look for somebody that's completing the ball less than 60% in a streaming defense. 55.2. 55.2 of his passes are being complete. So uh, Dallas could be a sneaky one, but Washington all the way. Before we do the pick and flick, meaning running backs and wide receivers, that you can pick up and flick into your lineup. Uh, I want to talk a few things. One, just want to remind folks, you know, you can win the Walter Payton Sweetness by writing a review and sending it to me, Pyromaniac Mo. Look me up on Twitter. You can see my uh, email account, but it's Mozambique at Pyromaniac.com. And what I'd like to do is encourage you to leave the reviews. We got a good one from Smokin' Blues not too long ago. The Pyromaniac crew spread the fantasy goo like no other, whether full-bodied, or Fantasy Light, Valverde, their insight and detailed game-by-game game breakdown is your road to league championships with a shooter of DFS knowledge on the side. Awesome, great info, get you some. Thank you, Smokin' Blues. Guys, keep those reviews rolling in. We do appreciate it, and like I said, you can uh, be eligible to win the Walters Payton Sweetness poster. We're going to give it away next week on next week's Pyrolite episode. All right, ladies and gentlemen, trivia question number two. All right, now, this one, when I wrote it, this was fantastic. There's going to be a caveat, though, but let me just ask the question, and I'm going to talk about the caveat later. All right, which member of the Dolphins, I'm going to have to say that this is true only after three weeks. So when I wrote the question, I kind of forgot that they played the Thursday game, so sue me, whatever, I'm not that smart. Um. Which member of the Miami Dolphins, after three weeks, so just get last night's game out of your head, which member of the Miami Dolphins, after three weeks, led in rushing 
yards. So which member, three games down, led in rushing yards? I want you at home to think about that, and Louie Mack as well. As you listen to this commercial, we will be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back again. This is a week three question. So before the Thursday night game, which member of the Miami Dolphins led the team in rushing? So after three weeks, brother, get last night's game out of your head. After three weeks, which member of the Miami Dolphins led in rushing? What do you think, Mr. Mack? Um, well, this seems like a trick question. The, the immediate response would be Arian Foster just because he saw most of the work in week one and in week two before he got hurt. Um, so I'm going to think outside the box. Adam Gates, for some reason, hates Jay Ajayi, so I'm going to roll Kenyon Drake. Ironically enough, after three games, the leading Dolphin rusher, Ryan Tannehill. So what does that say about the running backs? After three weeks, Arian Foster had 47, Jay Ajayi 42, Kenyon Drake 49, Damian Williams 24, Isaiah Pete 17. I mean, just look at the mouthful. I just said three running backs. Ryan Tannehill 54 yards. And what is the deal with him not liking Ajayi? Did you see after uh, week three, Ajayi, they uh, shouldn't have gone to overtime they, they because of the Cleveland kicker. They went to overtime. Ajayi won the freaking game. Now, when you have a player that wins the game, I don't know, I'm expecting a hug from the coach, a high five, a go get him boy, a tap on the butt, something. Gase gave him like the look of death. They they talked for half a second and then Ajayi kind of rolled his eyes and walked away. So I don't know what is going on in that relationship, but I think it's understated when you say that Gase doesn't like Ajahi because he hates him. I, I don't get it. What's going on there? Uh, I don't get what they were doing with Lamar Miller last year. Of course, that wasn't Gase, but I don't know what they're doing with Ajahi because to me, he looks like the best. I, I don't know what's going on with Miami and Ajahi. What, uh, do, can you give us some light on this situation? <laughs> I, I mean, I wish I had Adam Gase on speakerphone, or I mean, on speed dial so I could call him and figure it out. I love Ajahi. I'm a Boise State fan of actually. And so Ajayi is a Boise State Bronco. He was solid in college at, as being an every down back. He's got pass catching ability. He's got the ability to hit the hole and run it. He just, I guess for some reason, it's that new coach. Um, you know, Ajayi was drafted by the old regime. The new regime comes in and wants to clean house and bring his own people in, which is why you see Adam Gase try to bring in CJ Anderson in the offseason. Um, but I guess Adam Gase just hasn't seen enough from Ajayi to say you can be my every down back. And it's, it's quite pathetic because I know you told me to, to take Thursday night out of my head, but I mean, he was the leading running back last night and on the yeah. Thursday night game too for him. So I don't understand the, the hate for him. I don't understand it at all. Um, hopefully if Foster unfortunately has to keep missing weeks that they finally realize that Ajayi is just the better option between the other the, the four of them that are left but it's not looking good for Miami running backs moving forward 
Yeah, and doing the math quick, uh, looking right now, as you said, he was the leading rusher last night. I believe he is indeed the leading rusher right now with uh, 75 yards, but averaging, according to RotoWire, averaging 4.2. I mean, he's not on, they don't have a great team. To me, he's passing the eye test. I, I don't know what's going on there, but it's querysome, right? It's, it's a head scratcher. Yeah, I mean, I think last night he had 48 yards on like six carries or eight carries. Either way, he was, you know, he's averaging over, I mean, he, like you said, he's averaging four yards a carry, which isn't phenomenal, but it gets the job done. It keeps the it keeps the offense on schedule. I'm just worried about, I think it could be the front office saying, hey, we paid Ryan Tannehill $100 million to be there to turn him into the man. And this could be a conspiracy theory of mine, but I think Adam Gase is exposing Tannehill as, hey, he's not the man. You need to get me somebody better next year. It could be. Uh, often is the case. Money determines play in the NFL. Tannehill, he, where Ajahi, to me, has passed the Miami running back test at least. Uh, Tannehill is not. I've never been a Tannehill guy. I don't get it. He's not getting it done. Uh, so maybe maybe you're right there. Maybe it's uh, his way of sort of uh, running him out of town. Gase supposedly knows what he's doing, but I haven't seen it yet, but they haven't given him the tools, perhaps. Before we run down the pick and flick waiver wire, guys, just want to do a quick Pyro promo, remembering uh, to check out Pyro Pro. Now, you can join for just a week, a month, or a full year. You get all kinds of goo. You get news feeds, rankings, which include our new heat index, which gets better every week. Uh, you've got access to the resource toolbox, all kinds of charts and additional uh, maps and, and write-ups. Of course, you get access to the Mindshare, meaning you can ask us a second opinion question. We are fantastic at answering those. We get them back to you quick. Uh, we got uh, several of us that are always online ready to answer. For sure, you're going to get it done in 24 hours. Most of the time, we answer within an hour or two. Uh, you get all that. We're starting to really ramp up the news feeds, of course, which gives you the fantasy goo. So basically, we give you the, the stats or the, the breaking news, but then we talk about how you can apply it to fantasy. Information about becoming a PyroPro member is available at pyromaniac.com. All right, our pick and flick. These are guys that are available in 50% of NFL fantasy leagues. These are running backs and wide receivers. So guys, you can grab right now, before your week four, grab them on Saturday, plug them in on Sunday before week four. Guys, you can go out and get now. We're talking about matchups that are going to happen this week, and you need to open up your ears. Real quick, running back, my week in review. If you streamed, or not streamed, I guess, but if you picked up my running back calls for the first three weeks and plugged them into your lineup and you added up all those running backs, you would have running back number eight. Uh, last week, you know, I mentioned McKinnon, hit it out of the park with Sproles. Sproles was the seventh best. Now, I, although I hit it out of the park with Sproles, I'm going to be honest with you guys. My official call, I try to list a few just in case someone is not available in your waiver wire. That way you can grab guys. My official pick last week was indeed Cameron Artis Payne. Uh, so I mentioned Sproles, hit it out of the park with Sproles. I wish I would have called it for my official pick, but I'm being honest here. Uh, even though I did win with Cameron Artis Payne, I'm still at running back number eight. I'd have been killing it had I had I gone officially with Sproles, but he was one of the guys I mentioned. I got about three I'm going to mention for you, but I'm going to let Louis Mack kick it off. Give me a running back or two you can grab right now on the waiver wire and plug into your lineup and play this week. Two guys that I like the most, I like, and they're actually playing each other this week, 
Um, I like the rookie, Dwayne Washington. Um, I know you guys touched on him last week. Um, didn't get the quite the opportunity that we were hoping for. Um, but he outperformed the Riddick running the ball, so I expect him to get a little bit more action this week. Uh, but my official pick, and this is just purely based on volume, just because of how the offense has been working, I'm going to take another rookie, and I'm going to go Jordan Howard of Chicago. Um, I don't have his availability right in front of me, um, yeah, he's 59% um, available, um, and uh, he's he's the only option for Chicago. Um, Kadeem, uh, jo- uh, Langford's hurt, Carey's hurt, and they just picked up 30-year-old Joey Bell, who, yeah, I'm not, I'm, there's no need to talk about him. Um, so he's going to get the volume. Uh, the only thing we don't know about him is he's a rookie, and John Fox hasn't used anybody outside of Langford until Langford got hurt. So we don't know what he can actually do in the NFL yet. Preseason wasn't too bad. And I projected before the season that he would overtake Langford by the middle of the season just because I don't think Langford's that good. Um, but uh, coming out of college, his only concerns were durability issues um, and the fact that he wasn't ever used in the passing game. So we don't know really know what kind of pass catcher he is, but he's excellent in pass blocking. He's excellent running through contact and finishing drives for, you know, finishing, you know, going through the hits and getting. Um, and he's he knows how to read the offensive line, find the hole, hit the hole and get going downfield. Um, he's a great option, especially for people who had Langford um, or just a guy, you know, anybody else who got hurt. He's going to get a lot of volume. That's your guy because John Fox is going to run the ball and he's only going to use run running back. So Jordan Howard is an easy, you know, plug in and just let him run as you're running back too, and just hope that he's more effective than Langford was. Yeah, he is my official pick as well. Uh, I, I think he's going to have just the sheer opportunity alone is why I'm really liking Jordan Howard. Uh, sheer opportunity alone, I think he's going to do well. This is going to be a high-scoring affair. Uh, a couple other guys, because he's only available as a uh, latest, I looked, uh, basically 55%. So uh, the people are grabbing him as it's uh, going and counting down. I literally just looked now. Um some other guys, though, and I know one guy that we were talking about that you like as well, Dwayne Washington from the other side. Uh, you said both, you know, Jordan Howard and Dwayne. I, I like both. Jordan is my official. Dwayne Washington, available 95%, um, as I said, faces Chicago at Shoulder Field, where Detroit is favored to win. Chicago giving up the eighth most fantasy points to the position. They've allowed four rushing touchdowns in just three weeks. Only three teams have given up more rushing yards than the bears. I think Chicago who is depleted in the secondary is going to be vulnerable to Stafford and my dog, the goat Marvin Jones fantasy is number one wide receiver. So I think they're going to be vulnerable to that, which is going to open things up for Dwayne Washington, which wasn't exactly there last week. He was running into the mouth or the, the teeth of that pretty tough Green Bay D against uh, the run. That's not going to be a problem this week, and I think they're going to have to scheme for Stafford and, and Jones, which is going to allow Washington some more breathing room. The Bears in three weeks, mind you, have allowed five players, five different running backs to go for either 100 rushing yards or a touchdown. 
five different players, either 100 rushing yards or a touchdown, or I should say, and or a touchdown. So like Dwayne Washington, one other guy I'm going to just throw out there. It's not for this week, but it's going forward. Dixon on Baltimore, 89% available. Again, he's not playing this week. So uh, I'm going to say this again, not a play in week four. But if you've got bench room, I'm going to grab him now because I think he's going to be eligible to play week five. He's going to be snagged off the waiver wire next week. This is a guy you can pick up now, toss him in your lineup for next week. Uh, They've got a muddied situation there in Baltimore. I really like Dixon. What do you think about him? Oh, I love Dixon. Um, I, I I called it before his injury that he was going to end up being the number one guy in Baltimore. Uh, I think that's you know, and when he becomes he, he can't be anywhere just for set or tank. Um, they've just been awful running the ball. Have put Flacco in some bad situations. Um, they've just been not effective. He's been practicing, and the last I heard, I think, um, that he was able to return to practice, just wasn't able to get enough in to be active this week. Um, but every report I've seen is week return date, so we, we should be able to see him next week. Go ahead and grab him, so that way you're not fighting, the, you're praying that your, your waiver priority is good enough to get him. Go ahead and grab him now, stash him for one week. If you can't stash him, then you're then you probably don't need him. Um, if you're if you don't have anybody you can drop for Kenneth Dixon, then you don't have you don't have the need for him, and you you know it's not that big of a deal. But if you need a running back, stash him. Look at what he's been doing. Um, look at what he you know, and he's gonna he's gonna play. Um, Dwayne Washington kind of you know you said the Green Bay defense has been stout against the run. They're actually the best defense fantasy wise against running backs this year so far. They've only given up 128 yards and one touchdown on the ground through three games. So on the flip side, he gets to go against Chicago. They're porous. They're awful. Just, I mean, that's all we need to say. So, yeah. uh, Dwayne, and, 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 and like I said last week, even against Green Bay, he showed to be the better running back out of the two between him and Theo Riddick. Theo Riddick showed us again that he's a one-trick pony. He can catch the ball. And as long as Jim Bob Cooter and Caldwell want to run the ball, Dwayne Washington's going to be the guy until Abdullah comes back. And then we might see a little bit of a battle there. But Abdullah hasn't shown me too much yet either. So, Yeah, like you say, last week it explains Dwayne Washington's troubles going up against that uh, Green Bay defense. Riddick, I love him. Notre Damer, I, I called him as... Uh, the the Lions lead fantasy player in PPR last year. I caught a lot of flack when they drafted Amir Abdullah, and everybody was saying, "No, no, no, Amir." I went with uh, I, I went with Riddick uh, just like the year before, where I went with uh, Drake Bell over Reggie Bush because the the season before that, Reggie Bush was all the rage. He was drafted first. I went with Bell in 2014. He was Lions best. PPR back, as was Riddick last year. But we saw Riddick last week just running into the backs of his uh, guards and tackles at the line, getting thrown backwards. Dwayne Washington looked good against, as you said, a tough, tough Green Bay D. Not going to have those troubles against Chicago. Um, Dixon, the other one, again, not a play. But, I, you know, we've got a mess. Forsett, who I've loved in the past, but... I didn't talk him up this year because I didn't have, have faith in him this year. West, you know, he was this big 
preseason darling that we've never really seen. I loved his college tape, but it's just been a mess. Javoris Allen, who I was very low on, he's been a scratch up to this point. They've got a mess on their hands. I think when Dixon comes back, it's going to be his role. I think he's going to run away with it. He is the best pass catching back coming out of the draft this year. Don't forget they've got Tressman there calling the plays. Uh, remember what he did with Forte. Again, when Dixon gets there, I think he's going to be the lead dog. But Jar uh, Jordan Hauer, he is my official call at the running back position. We've got one more to deal with here for the pick and flick. Wide receiver, uh, looking back to my wide receiver pick and flick calls. Again, guys that are available in 50% of the leagues. If you were to listen to me, I had Fuller week one, Mike Wallace week two. Doing great at that point because Fuller was a wide receiver eight. Week one, Wallace was tied for ninth. Week two, doing great, doing great. And then I hit a wall last week with Tajay Sharp. Uh, I did talk of Crowder. As Lytics pointed out, the, uh, the Giants' secondary gives up more fantasy points to wide receiver twos. And show enough, Jamison Crowder showed up with 17.8 PPR points. He was the 19th best fantasy wide receiver. Uh, Lytics also suggested Tyrell Williams. Uh, he was 29, so he was flex-worthy. Unfortunately, my official pick, Tajay Sharp, shat the bed, uh, again, even though he had a great matchup. Uh, I also threw out prior. So, again, I like to throw out a bunch of calls just in case some of these guys aren't available prior. Had a huge week, finishing fourth. Uh, but, unfortunately, with Tajay Sharp only picking up 7.8, that brings my three-week total to wide receiver number 16 if you were streaming my wide receiver picks. Now, Louis Mack. I got a bunch of guys I'm going to name. Toss out one that you like, a guy I might have just mentioned. Who are you liking in week four? Uh, well, I was sitting there going through them, uh, looking at all the guys who are available that met our criteria, and then I got the news through my phone on the Josh Gordon situation, and I immediately went to all my fantasy leagues and tried to scoop up Terrell Pryor. Now, as we touched on earlier, Washington's got a great defensive matchup this week, and that's a little bit tough for Terrell Pryor, but he is going to see a shit ton of volume, and that's just how it's going to be. There's no one else there. Hugh Jackson's also not afraid of mixing it up and letting him throw the ball um, and getting some points that way for us, rushing the ball, running the ball out of the Wildcat. So he's going to get the volume. He's going to get the targets. He's going to... To, he's the offense now for Cleveland, and especially when Josh McCown comes back and they get another, they get a better quarterback. I think his value even just continues to go up from there. Um, just to kind of you know go over it, last week was his first week of being a wide receiver one, and he saw more targets last week um, than he as the same or even more of the his first two weeks. Um, and he put up a, uh, an eight-catch, 144-yard gain last week. Um, the two games with Corey Coleman on the field, he only had three catches. Uh, I mean, he only had six catches for 100 yards in the first two games with Corey Coleman on the field with him. Um, and he's also tied with Allen Robinson with for the seventh most targets in the NFL right now to wide receivers after his week three performance. So week three, he ended up at wide receiver eight. Uh, that had a lot to do with his rushing um, and passing. Hugh Jackson's going to mix it up to kind of keep his, his rookie, you know, out of danger. 
Terrell Pryor is going to be the man in Cleveland moving forward. So if you don't have him, if he's available in your league, you got to grab him. He's going to be a high, he's going to be a boomer bust wide receiver too. He's probably going to be a steady flex play for you in, in PPR leagues. So if you haven't grabbed him and he's available, go get him. Yeah, I think Pryor is going to be great, as you said, with uh, the news there. You, you know, we all knew about uh, Corey Coleman with the news there, though, that Josh Gordon is not going to be there going forward. Uh, I think Terrell Pryor is going to be great. Uh, last week, according to Fantasy Football Today in PPR scoring, Terrell Pryor, uh, 30 point, um, five points last week. That was good enough for Number four last week, according to FF Today and PPR, scoring some other uh, Terrell Pryor. You know, with Pyromaniac, we give you the targets, touches, and looks. We started with the targets, then we added the targets and touches. Now we do the targets, touches, looks. I checked out our our chart before we uh, started recording here tonight. Terrell Pryor last week had 18 looks, and that's what you're looking at because he's getting exposure to, as we saw, passing, running, catching. So 18 looks last week. Washington tends to give it up. Now, he's going to probably see some Josh Norman. Um, again, we, Josh Norman hasn't been the Norman we've known, but he's faced, as we said, Antonio Dez OBJ. So, might limit um, his ceiling. That is Terrell Pryor's ceiling, but going forward, he's going to be just fantastic. Week in, week out, I expect Cleveland, as does Vegas and the nation, to be losing most games thus they're going to be passing most games and so i think that's where you're going to get a lot of exposure to prior uh you know a a garbage time touchdown in fantasy counts just as much as a touchdown scored in the first quarter so uh terrell prior i'm with you anything else on terrell before i name a few guys available yeah um what we got here is i just looked up i just pulled up the roto wire app on my phone started scrolling through one looked up terrell prior just to get some news on him supposedly Jay Gruden is not going to let Norman shadow him all game because Cleveland has been very good at moving Terrell Pryor all over the field, letting him run out of the slot, letting him run on the opposite end of the field. Um, So it looks like Norman's going to stay put on one side of the field and just go with it. So what we have now is Terrell Pryor could see They could scheme Terrell Pryor away from Josh Norman. Breland's hurt, so he might have a matchup or two. Um, throughout the game as a wide receiver to, you know, help him get some points. So he may not be a complete loss this week, and he's definitely going to be a, a good play moving forward. Good good take. Good news on that. And uh, talk about a guy that is perfectly suited for being moved around and used in multiple situations. That is Terrell Pryor. And especially if you've got four-point passing league, six-point rushing, for touchdowns, Terrell Pryor can get you a lot of those added points. Some other guys that uh, might be a pick and flick, that was Louie Mack's official guy. I'm going to save my official guy for a moment. Just a couple other folks I'm going to toss out. I've been answering some questions. A lot of stuff about Quincy Anunwa, uh, 83% available. Of course, we know that Marshall is banged up, unfortunately. If you don't know, uh, check out our injury report. But Decker is indeed out. Uh, I'm also updating you on the Saturday videos that I do on pyromaniac.com going over the practice reports for the week. What with the change in health status, because we don't have a probable anymore, it's really muddy. It's hard to read who, you know, what questionable exactly means. I think looking at the practice reports is going to give you some of the best information. That's what I go over on Saturday. Uh, Guys that did not practice or were limited. Those are guys I'm going to be filing in the back of my mind, but Decker, I'm going to talk about him because Decker is out and thus, Anunwa is going to step up. He's going to fill in for that role. 
Um, he's filling in for Decker, who has played 98.6% of snaps. So I expect Inunua's 77% of snaps, which is high in his own right, to increase exponentially. Um, I don't think he's going to get in 98%, but he's going to be playing on the field more than he has been, and he's already been playing in 77% of snaps. Inunua, last week, 11 targets in week three. Now, out of all the Seattle cornerbacks, Lane is their slot corner. And Lane, out of all the cornerbacks for Seattle, Lane is giving up the most fantasy points per route run. It just doesn't happen to be a lot, but out of anybody, he is giving up the most. That's who Anunua is going to see the majority of. I don't think he's going to move just because Decker's gone. I really see Anunua as staying in the slot. I don't think they're going to move him out of that necessarily. Anunua already, already has 25 looks on the season. He got more looks than Decker. Decker had just 21 through three weeks. 83% availability for Anunwa. Another guy like Jamison Crowder. We talked him up last week because he faced the Giants. As pointed out by Lytics, the Giants are terrible versus wide receiver twos. Uh, Jamison Crowder lit it up as a wide receiver two last week. Home. You've heard it here. We're going to talk about it again. Home to Cleveland. Uh, Washington, as you know. Expected to score 28 points, second highest in the league. We've already talked about that. He's likely going to face Tremont Williams, uh, who is giving up a full fantasy point for every two routes run against him. So every two routes that his opposing wide receiver runs, he's giving up a full fantasy point. That's the guy Crowder's going up against. Cleveland, by the way, has three cornerbacks, three secondary guys already listed as questionable. And Tremont Williams, or Tremont Williams, depending on where you assent the syllable, if you will. Uh, Tremont Williams is already one of the guys that's listed as questionable. They also have three down linemen that are out, and they've got one linebacker already declared out. That is for Cleveland Crowder, Jameson, has 25 targets on the season. The man is getting nearly two fantasy points per look. Another fantastic thing that we deliver you in uh, the targets, touches, and looks is the points per look. He's getting two points per look. There are less than 10 guys with a better points per look average, according to Pyromaniacs. There are less than 10 guys with a better points per look than Jamison Crowder's two. So he is right up there with some of the best of the best. Last thing, Crowder leads the league right now with eight red zone targets. I love looking at red zone targets Again, we chase touchdowns like no other. It's so hard to predict a touchdown. But if you're getting the most targets in the red zone, touchdowns should follow Crowder. My official guy, the dude I'm putting my money on, Tyrell Williams, 88% availability. San Diego's at home. We've talked about this one already. Uh, they welcome that horrific Saints secondary who was historically bad last year. They gave up 45 passing touchdowns. The 6'4", I'm going to say it again, the 6'4", Tyrell Williams, is going up against the 5'10", Sterling Moore. Vegas expects San Diego to score the most points, nearly 29 this week. No, As I said already, no quarterback has more red zone attempts than Phillip Rivers. Only five pass catchers have more red zone targets than Tyrell Williams. Good things to come. The Saints are just one of two teams that have failed to record an interception. I think Rivers can do some serious damage. Uh, of course, without Danny Woodhead, without Keenan Allen, without Antonio Gates, someone's got to step up. We talked a little bit about Hunter Henry, but give me the guy 
the tallest guy who is guarded by the shortest guy on the other team. That's going to be Tyrell Williams. All right, pyromaniacs, back with Mo here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and sign off for my brother Louie Mack. He was experiencing a bit of technical connection troubles. Hopefully, we got the good audio as best as it could come out. Um, we're going to take care of that certainly on the next time because Louie Mack was great. Awesome stuff. Really loved chatting with him. And check out his weekly matchups piece. He's doing a great job. Lennox doing a great job. All our new additions can't thank everybody enough. I know I'm not going to hit everybody, but I'm just naming the last two uh, that were on with me. Also, while I'm giving shout outs, I'm going to go ahead and give a shout out to NFL Wheeler. Uh, he and I have been going back and forth. In fact, on one of my many, I guess I'm in five, but on one of my five uh, MFL tens, he and I are in the same league. I just tweeted that out. I tweeted out a couple leagues that have been with some folks that you guys might know. Doing well in some, not doing as well in the others. And he is in one. Uh, I owe him a shout out for days of yesteryear. But uh, you can give him a follow over at NFL Mock Wheeler. Check him out. He's a good cat. So giving some shout out, taking care of some karma here. But again, really want to thank Louis Mack, he did a fantastic job. We're just going to blame uh, Big Brother and the government for all the conspiracy there is. And, of course, the Internet connection. God love you, Louis, my man. So I'm going to do a bit of wrap-up here before I look at the DFS. Of course, we're talking streaming. So streaming quarterbacks. This week, Louis picked Alex Smith. My official guy was Flacco. Of course, we also named, Louis named Dak Prescott. If you can't get Flacco or Alex Smith, because I am too on board with Smith, maybe Trevor Simeon is there for you. Maybe, just maybe, you might be able to find Cousins. Tight end streaming. Louis threw out Zach Miller. I really like that call, as you're going to see here in a moment. He also tossed out Kyle Rudolph. That was my official tight end streamer of the week. Not available in your league. I like myself some Pitta. I also like Hunter Henry. Talking defensive streaming, Louie and I concurred. Great minds think alike. Washington Redskins. If Washington is not available for you, uh, I think you can go ahead and pick up Dallas. They're going to do good for you against San Francisco and a struggling uh, offense there. For the running back, pick and flick. These are guys that are available in 50% of your lineups. You can pick and flick them right into your lineup right now for week four. Louis Mack's official was Jordan Howard, as was mine. We both like Dwayne Washington from Detroit. That's uh, the same game, actually. And if you can get him now for going forward, he's not going to play. But I think Kenneth Dixon on Baltimore is going to be a stash guy that you're going to be able to play going forward, probably as early as week five. For sure, week seven or uh, week six, I'd say. So wide receiver pick and flick. Uh, Louis Mack talked about Terrell Pryor. I do like him as well. I also mentioned Quincy Inunua and Jamison Crowder. My official call was Tyrell Williams. Now, before I move over to DFS, I've got the last trivia question for you tonight. So for you listeners at home, last trivia question of the night, and you're going to think about it as we roll on to the commercial. 
after three weeks, after three weeks in the season, there is only one defensive team that is averaging double-digit fantasy points per game. So after three weeks, which NFL fantasy team is averaging double-digit fantasy points per game? Think about that while you listen to this. I'll be right back on the Pyrolite Podcast, episode 47. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Before I get to trivia question number three, the answer to that is, just want to remind folks about DraftKings. Fantasy sports fans are winning huge cash prizes every day at DraftKings.com, America's favorite place to play daily fantasy sports. Now, daily fantasy means there is no season-long commitments. Play whenever you want. Pick your sport and draft your team. It's like a new season. Every time you play. So you're never stuck with the same players. Over $1 billion, that's with a B, will be won this year at DraftKings.com. And you could be the next big winner. Just go to DraftKings.com now. Enter the promo code PYRO, P-Y-R-O. All new users to DraftKings are going to receive a deposit matching bonus for up to $600. And, of course, you will receive a free $3 game voucher. That's at DraftKings.com. Promo code PYRO. Now, as I said before the break, trivia question number three. After three weeks, there's only one defense that is averaging double-digit fantasy points per game. Who is it? Of course, the answer, da -da -da -da, Minnesota Vikings are averaging 14.7 fantasy points per game. Now, I know we got a small sample size, guys. Three games, right? But second place right now is Buffalo. They're actually tied with Denver for second place, giving, or scoring, I should say, 9.7. 9.7. In other words, five freaking fantasy points less than the Vikings are scoring on an average basis. Five. There are five points difference between number one and two. Did you know there are 23 teams in the league right now that average five points per game or less. That's how good number one is over number two. The Vikings are going to be historically amazing if they keep this up. Again, small sample size, three weeks, I know. Chances are they're not going to keep it up, but let's just talk about that 14.7. Last year, Denver was the best defense. We all know they were fantastic. On an average, they scored less than half what the Vikings are putting up right now. That's right. The 2015 Broncos averaged 7.3 fantasy points per game. The 2016 Vikings are putting up 14.7. Since 2000, 
since the year 2000. The best defense on a points-per-game basis was the 2013 Kansas City Chiefs. They averaged 9.4. So the Vikings, man, I am fading giant players. That's who the Vikings face. I am uh, in our daily do's and don'ts. My don't is Sterling Shepard. Now, continuing on, I got a bit of week in review. DFS, I just haven't found my niche. Now, I play predominantly on DraftKings. On DraftKings, what you're looking to do is score three times the value. So for every $1,000 you spend on a player, you want to score three times. So let's just say, for a running back, the minimum price is $3,000 on DraftKings. DraftKings is full point PPR. At a $3,000 price tag, 3x value, you want to score 9 points, right? That's what 3x basically means. You have uh, $50,000 to spend. That's your cap. So 50 times 3 is 150. If you score 150, you should be in the running for money. Um, most of the time you're going to be in the running for the money. Obviously, if you want to score the big money, you got to go more than that. But 3x is really where you're looking. So for the quarterback position, I'm not quite there, but for the first three weeks, I'm at 2.42. So not quite 3x, but I'm awful close. 2.42 per $1,000 spent on a guy. This is the best way you can really look and see. Obviously, if you pick the most expensive guy every week, chances are you're going to have some big scores. So you can't just look at the overall score. You got to look at the value. Uh, 3x is what you're shooting for. And the quarterback, I am 2.42x as of right now. Got a a name or two I'm going to toss out. Cammy No Stacks is a guy I think you can play this week. I also like, <laughs> ironically enough, stacking Cammy No Stacks with a Greg Olson or even a Benjamin. I think Benjamin might have a rebound game. Now, they call him Cammy No Stacks because a lot of times you can get away with the unique roster construction and not stack a wide receiver, a tight end, or a running back with him. He, he has the legs. He is often the red zone rushing attack. But... I think Greg Olson is a great stack with him, as is KB Kelvin Benjamin. Now, Cammy himself, 9,300 on FanDuel, 7,800 on DraftKings. So I'm spending up at the quarterback position this week. I think this is a fantastic cash play. Angry Cam scenario. He did not have a good week last week. We know he does not like to have bad games. I think he comes back strong. As always, you're going to get his legs in the red zone. Nearly 27-point implied total for the Carolina Panthers. It's on the road, which I'm not a fan of, but on the road against Atlanta. Two rushing attempts inside the five. Two rushing touchdowns inside the five for Mr. Cam Newton. Atlanta, the Falcons are giving up the second most FanDuel points to the position. And on DraftKings, they're giving up the second most points to opposing quarterbacks. This, according to Pro Football Focus, they've got some nice uh, daily fantasy metrics for free if you want to check it out. That's a free plug for them. Uh, no other team has given up more passing touchdowns to the quarterback position than Atlanta. They've given up three, I'm sorry, in three weeks, Atlanta has given up 10 passing touchdowns. That's who Cam Newton faces. 9,300 on FanDuel, 7,800 on DraftKings. Like I said, I'm spending up for the quarterback position for daily fantasy. My official pick, you can write this down, my official pick is Matthew Stafford. 8,300 on FanDuel. So he is 1,000 less on FanDuel. Perhaps 
a better play there. He is only 500 less than Cam on DraftKings. So again, Cam is 9,300 on FanDuel, 1,000 less, 8,300 on FanDuel. The difference between Cammy on DraftKings and Stafford on DraftKings is only 500. So I really like Stafford on FanDuel. Uh, Lions, of course, are traveling to the Bears. I think Stafford is a great GPP play. It's a bit of contrarian. I have not heard a lot of folks talking about Stafford, ironically enough. So I think he's got a super high ceiling, and that's what you're looking for in tournament plays or GPP plays. He's got Marvin Jones. We saw what Mr. Marvin did last week. He's leading all wide receivers. As another famous Marvin said, let's get it on. And I think Mr. Stafford can do it. Uh, Stafford currently has fantasy's highest scoring wide receiver. As I said, they've got 25 point implied total. So Chicago could be giving it up to my Lions. Stafford has been a top five fantasy quarterback for two of the three weeks. Uh, another pyro promo here. We got our TPW, our top positional weeks, and Stafford is right up there. Two of the three, he's been in the top 12. Now the Bears, they're depleted. They're banged up. They've got two cornerbacks on IR, both of whom play the right cornerback position. Talking starter, Kyle Fuller, and then they've also got Brandon Boykin on IR. As for the left corner, the other side, two are questionable. Starter, Tracy Porter, and then uh, McManus, are questionable. That leaves them severely depleted in the secondary. I think Stafford can take advantage of that, as I want you to take advantage of his $8,300 price tag on FanDuel. Now, in his last two games against NFC North rival the Chicago Bears, Stafford has put up over 700 yards, just one interception and seven touchdowns. I tweeted this out not too long ago. Stafford has the third most yards thus Far Stafford, one of just five quarterbacks to toss at least seven touchdowns. So there's a lot of sevens there. Again, Stafford put up over 700 yards in his 2015 meetings with the Bears. He tossed seven touchdowns in his 2015 meetings with the Bears. And Stafford is just one of five quarterbacks that has already thrown for seven touchdowns. That's a lot of good luck riding with Stafford right now. Up to this point, the Bears have only racked up four sacks and only have one interception. They're going to give him time to pass. They're not much of a threat in the secondary. I think Stafford can get it done. He's my official DFS quarterback. Moving over to the running back position in DFS. Again, you're shooting for 3x value thus far. In my three weeks of DFS picks, I'm at 4.66, so I'm doing hot in my running back picks uh, last week so far. Uh, I should say last week, Linux recommended Melvin Gordon and C. Mike, Kristen Michael. He got you 5.6x value. Good for Linux. I picked Charles Sims, who got you 5x value. Um, I hit it out of the park week one with Spencer Ware, who got you 8.2x value. Woodhead hurt me week two. He was hurt, but as I said, overall, I'm at 4.66 value for every $1,000 spent on DraftKings. That's where I'm sort of charting. That's where I play most of the time. I will get some action on FanDuel a little bit, but uh, for the most part, majority of my money's on DraftKings, so that's what I'm charting here for you. When I say my uh, value per thousand, that's on DraftKings. Now, I got an official pick I'm going to talk about, but I'm just going to name a few guys I like. Two 
are certainly big time chalk plays. Lots of people going to be on Jordan Howard. 5,600 on FanDuel, 3,700 on DraftKings, just 700 over the bare minimum. 3,700 on DraftKings. So I said I'm spending up at quarterback. This is how you can do it. I'm spending down at the running back spot. You can price yourself into some of those more expensive quarterbacks and wide receivers by getting a guy like Jordan Howard. Talked a lot about the Bears and the, the Lions game thus far. Lions are favored in this one. I, I think the Bears are going to have to run um, once they get down there because with Hoyer at the quarterback, you know, he, he really looks to target either Zach Miller or he looks to target uh, Alshon Jeffrey. But I think once they get in the red zone, I really think they're going to rely on Jordan Howard to punch it in against the Lions team that looks like once again, they're going to be without Zeke Yanza, and they're going to be without DeAndre Levy. So the front seven, they're going to be susceptible to a guy going to be able to punch him in the mouth like Jordan Howard. I like him. I think he's going to get some exposure to a touchdown this week when they get in the red zone. Another guy I like, Melvin Gordon. Again, this is, these are probably the two biggest chalk plays, and when I say chalk, I just mean lots of folks are going to be on them. One, Jordan Howard's price point. Two, Jordan Howard's opportunities, as we've already talked about. The other two main running backs there in Chicago are out, so it's going to be the Howard show. Uh, Drake Bell just signed. There's no way he's learned the playbook yet. The other big chalk play this week, Melvin Gordon. So again, both these guys I'm going to use in cash. Melvin Gordon is 7,600 on FanDuel, 6,300 on DraftKings. So a 1,300 price dip on DraftKings. DraftKings, of course, you get less money, so the guys cost less. Now, Gordon, as I said, chalky, but only 14 running backs, 14 running backs have been on the field for more offensive snaps or for a larger percentage of offensive snaps than Melvin Gordon's 60%. He's on the field for 60% of offensive snaps. Only one running back has more red zone attempts. You know me. I love home teams. Check. Melvin Gordon, home. I love teams that are going to score a lot of points. According to Vegas, the San Diego Chargers is expected to score nearly 29. That's the most in the league. And I love teams that pump it in the red zone. As I just said, only one running back has more red zone attempts than Mr. Gordon. Um, whether you use DraftKings or FanDuel, the Saints are giving up the most draft or uh, daily fantasy points to the running back position through three games. No defense has given up more rushing yards, nor given up more rushing touchdowns than the Saints. That's who Gordon faces at home. The Saints are allowing five yards a carry. They are tied with Dallas for giving up five yards a carry, and only two defenses are allowing for a higher yards per carry. Finally, as I said, 29 points expected from Vegas. That's something I like with a running back who is getting it in the red zone to a team that gives it up. That's Melvin Gordon. All right. I said there's only one running back that has more red zone attempts, and that is my official pick this week. My official guy, Carlos Hyde. So I think Jordan Howard and Melvin Gordon are the cash plays, the chalk plays. Hyde, I think, has a great ceiling. He can be a good GPP play. Now, he's 6,800 on FanDuel. I'm not playing him there. I am not. I am playing DraftKings 4,000. 200. So you can rack up Jordan Howard for 3,700. You can get Carlos Hyde for 4,200 on FanDuel. 
Guys, that's 7900 For your two running backs, you can spend less than 8000 on DraftKings with Jordan Howard and Carlos Hyde. That's going to allow you to spend up at the wide receiver position and the quarterback position, maybe even tight end, because I like some high-priced tight ends as well. Carlos Hyde, my official. San Francisco's home to the visiting Cowboys. Football Outsiders gave Dallas, or gives Dallas an adjusted average ranking of just 20th against the run. Hyde, as I said, leads all running backs with 17 red zone attempts. Hyde is the t- is top 10 for rushing back off or for uh, running back offensive snap percentage. The man is on the field for nearly 67% of offensive snaps. Again, top 10. Dallas, who he's facing, is allowing five yards a carry. Once again, just talked about that. Tied for third third most. I'm playing hide and cash and GPP, in fact, uh, saving the coin to spend up elsewhere. Carlos Hyde is my official. I also like Melvin Gordon and I like Jordan Howard at the quarterback position. Stafford, my official, and I like Cam Newton. Turning over to the wide receiver position. Uh, again, 3x value is what you're looking for, so a bit of week in review. I'm at 2.67, so I'm right there in my DFS. Last week, Got to give my tip of my hat to Marvin or to Lytix, who named Marvin Jones. We both talked about him, but Lytix uh, talked him up the most. Had over 200 yards last week and a couple of TDs. I did name him. Um, I also named Sharp, who really crapped the bed for me. I named Mike Evans, though. Evans, I listed uh, in the Pyro Do's and Don'ts piece. He was one of my guys. Evans did very well. Um, 4.6 value so for every thousand dollars that you spend on mike evans he scored 4.6 fantasy points again you're looking for at least 3x value he did even better than that 32.2 points on DraftKings. again overall i'm uh, 2.67 so right there for my wide receiver calls in dfs got a couple for you this week mike evans if it ain't broke don't fix it faces bradley roby i already talked about this this is one of the reasons i think simeon could be a good play because I think Tampa's going to be in it. Why? Mike Evans faces Bradley Roby. According to PFF, this is the best, the most advantageous wide receiver cornerback matchup. Obviously, favors the wide receiver, favors one Mr. Mike Evans. Two of three games. He has been a TPW. He has been a top 12 wide receiver in PPR formats on FF today. In PPR, he is the second highest scoring wide receiver. He is only one of five guys that has over uh, 300 yards in just three games. And only Jordy Nelson has more touchdowns than Mike Evans. I do indeed like him this week. Emmanuel Sanders, I really like him. I think he is a sneaky, sneaky GPP play. Happens to be playing in the same game. Uh, Once again, 6,900 on FanDuel, so not terribly expensive 6400 on DraftKings uh on the road to Tampa again Mike Evans and really if you this is one thing that I like to do so a little bit of tip a little bit of off the off the cuff here but if you can play one game and if you're betting on one game script which I am doing with a Mike Evans and an Emmanuel Sanders play I'm betting on one game one game script so as long as the game script high scoring chances are I'm going to do well with the wide receivers in both that. So it seems to me, rather than bet on 
a bunch of guys in a bunch of different games because then you are counting on several different scenarios. Let's limit the scenarios. So if you do indeed get the scenario or the game script right, good for you. So I'm betting on the game script, not necessarily a whole bunch of guys. I'm betting on this game script to be pass heavy. Um, as I said, Emmanuel Sanders is on the road to Tampa. The Bucks they have given up the most touchdowns to wide receivers. Three games, seven touchdowns. They've allowed a wide receiver to just score a touchdown every single week thus far. That is indeed Emmanuel Sanders with Mr. Demarius Thomas there. So every single week, wide receiver two has scored. I'm counting on Emmanuel to do it. Um, pass rank, according to Football Outsiders, Tampa is a 25th against the past. Tampa's giving up the third most fantasy points to the wide receiver spot. Tampa only has one interception thus far. Now, Mike, or I'm sorry, Emmanuel Sanders with 29 targets. Last week he had 12. With 29 targets, only nine wide receivers have more. Where targets go, goo shall follow. Uh, we started to see real connection develop between Simeon at the helm. I think Simeon, we saw him kind of have a breakout uh, last week. 12 targets to Sanders last week, just seven to Demarius. In fact, Demarius has not had a game with more than seven targets. Let's flip it around. Let's look at Emmanuel Sanders. While Demarius Thomas has not had a game thus far with more than seven targets, Emmanuel Sanders has not had a game thus far with less than eight. Sanders and Mr. Simeon have a bit of a connection. I'm going to say it again. The most Demarius has had seven targets, the fewest Emmanuel Sanders has had in three games, eight targets. Emmanuel Sanders has seven red zone targets. The NFL league leader for wide receivers has just one more than that. The only real Bucks corner to fear is Altron Werner. He plays on the defensive right 96% of the time. Of all three starting Denver wide receivers, Sanders plays on the right the least amount, or I'm sorry, on, on the uh, left side. So the defensive right where Altron Werner plays 96% of the time, he is the best corner. Sanders plays on that same side the least out of all Denver wide receivers. So he has the least chance to be matched up against the best cornerback on the other side of the ball. Finally, Emmanuel Sanders is tied for the most targets inside the opponent's 10-yard line. Heck, only two players have more total red zone targets. That is indeed Mr. Emmanuel Sanders. Um, as I said, two players, that they've got just one more. Emmanuel has seven red zone. The league leader is tied for eight. So again, only two players have more red zone targets, and each player only has one more. So Sanders is right there. My official call, though, for DFS wide receiver, Stevie Fists. Steve Smith. Guys, I did not think I'd be going with him. I was probably the lowest, to be honest, to give some credit to uh, my pyro brethren. They, they've always really liked Smith with that injury in his age and with what Dr. James Andrews said when he opened him up. It was that double rupture, said he looked like uh, confetti. And then a couple months later, Dr. James Andrews said his he's never seen anyone, never seen anyone recover with the tenacity that Steve Smith has done. Uh, working out so much to recover it was throwing up. Uh, James Andrews was blown away, and indeed he has recovered. Steve Smith this week, real deal on DraftKings, 4,500, 
6,100 on FanDuel. Steve Smith is home to Oakland. Last week, I don't think we saw Oakland take a big defensive step forward. I think what we saw in that Tennessee game was perhaps Marietta owners giving a big sigh because Marietta, again, I don't think it was the Oakland that stopped them. I think it was Marietta that stopped himself. So I'm not really using last week as any sort of indicator for that Oakland D to turn it around. They're still just as horrific as ever. Mr. Smith, Steve, draws DJ Hayden. Football Outsiders ranks Oakland dead last in the NFL against wide receiver ones. DJ Hayden is a huge reason why. Uh, if you toss out the abysmal performance from Tennessee last week, and yes, I thought Sharp was going to be the man, but if you toss out that horrific offensive performance, Oakland, in the first two weeks, allowed five touchdowns. Three different wide receivers have put up over 100 yards in the first two weeks. Again, I'm tossing out last week, but we really saw their true colors the first two weeks of the season. Four different receivers in that span in two weeks caught five passes or more. Finally, even counting last week, no other NFL team is allowing more passing yards per game. A whopping. A whopping 340 yards per game is what Oakland is allowing, and that is what Steve Smith is going up against. He is my official DFS wide receiver play this week. Tight end, baby. Tight end, where I'm not doing as hot, uh, thanks to injury, really, with Mr. Cook. Not doing as hot in my streaming calls, but tight end DFS. I ain't doing too shabby, if I do say so myself. 5.43 through three weeks. So if you average all my picks, uh, Dwayne Allen, week one, he was third best on DraftKings, scored 5.4. Virgil Green, week two, wasn't great, 2.7. But then last week, baby, I was on Fleener, 8.2. Lots of reasons why. I told you last week, that gives me 5.43x value for DFS tight ends on DraftKings. Got a couple of guys I'm going to toss out. You've heard some of them before, but as I said, you can spend down at the running back position so you can spend up at other spots. Here's one. Greg Olson. He, this is a total chalk play. 7,900 FanDuel, 6,000 on DraftKings. Lots of people are going to be on him, so I think it's a cash play. Carolina travels to Atlanta. Carolina has a net expected total of 26.5. Now, talking top positional weeks, TP. W's. We're giving that to you, the resource toolbox, uh, as a Pyro Pro member. 100%. Greg Olson has been a top 12 tight end in PPR formats 100% three of three weeks. Now, on DraftKings and FanDuel, Olson, of course, is the top scoring tight end. Well, it's Christmas because now you've got the top scoring tight end facing the defense that is giving this up the second most. Fantasy points in DFS. Of course, my beloved Lions are giving up the most. Atlanta is giving up the second most. This makes him, you know, honestly, I could play him in both. But cash play for sure. Atlanta is banged up. They have a down lineman. They have a linebacker. And they have a secondary guy already on IR. In addition to that, Atlanta have two other linebackers and an additional cornerback. An additional secondary guy already ruled out for this game. Greg Olson, 6,000 on DraftKings. I'm liking it, liking it a lot because Atlanta gives up the second most points to the position. Bit of a pivot play here. Jordan Reed. Now, I could see going him 
GPP, because I think a lot of folks going to be on that Olsen shock play. Here's the deal, though. FanDuel, he is 400 less than Olsen. Not as hot on DraftKings, 6,300 is what I wrote down. Now, Jordan Reed, like him on FanDuel, again, contrarian play, pivot play off of Greg Olson. Uh, Jordan Reed with Washington, we've talked up this game. Again, I like to play maybe three games, maybe four, and try to get exposure to those games where I'm betting on just the game script. If the game script goes well, then I've got guys on both sides of the ball. I'm liking the Washington. I talked about Cousins. Here we've got Jordan Reed. I've talk, you know, Jameson Crowder's not bad. Uh, Jordan Reed faces Cleveland. Washington's at home, something you always look for. Washington expected, as I've said, 28 points to score, or nearly 28 points. That's the second highest expected total from Vegas. On DraftKings, there are only four teams out there that have given up more fantasy points to the tight end. Not quite as good as on FanDuel. There are six teams out there that have surrendered more points to the tight end position. But again, I think he um, he's more of a FanDuel play this week, even though they aren't quite full point PPR. Jordan Reed, Greg Olson, both guys that cost some money, but I like them both. Here's my true call this week. Um, I'm not playing him in cash, but in tournament play, you can save money here. 5000 FanDuel, 2700 and DraftKings is where I like it. I just said that it's almost half of what he is on FanDuel. I'm talking about Mr. Zach Miller. Once again, 2700 on DraftKings. That's just 200 above the league minimum. I'm not going to uh, keep you in suspense any longer. Every week I do the, what you talking about, Willis? That call is a cheap guy that's within $500 of the league minimum. For tight ends, the league minimum on DraftKings is indeed 2500 I looked. I didn't see a whole lot of real cheap plays. Not that you have to play cheap, but if you go cheap and you get 3x value, which, by the way, is not even 9 points. If you think you can get not even 9 out of Zach Miller, go for it because you're going to be able to get some really high-end guys. Zach Miller, of course, going to the Bears. Hoyer is indeed going to start for the second straight week. Cutler. Started the first two. I talked about this earlier, and I said I would read the actual stats. But in those two games, with when Cutler started, Miller had nine targets. Last week, in Hoyer's first start, Miller received nine targets. So in other words, in one game, he had just as many targets with Hoyer as he had in two games with Cutler. Clearly, there's a connection between Miller and Hoyer. Hoyer definitely... Um, targets in on one or two guys, namely Alshon and Miller. In that one game with Hoyer at the helm, Zach Miller scored two touchdowns and more than doubled his yards and his receptions from the first two weeks combined. As I said, at home against Detroit, game scripts favor a passing game for the Bears because Detroit is actually a road favorite. On FanDuel, Detroit has given up all kinds of points. They are the most. They're, they're giving up the most points, whether you look at FanDuel, FF Today, or DraftKings. They're giving up uh, the most to the position. Detroit is in a three-way tie for most passing touchdowns allowed. Ten? Detroit has only managed one interception. Detroit has... The big ones are certainly Zeke Ansah and DeAndre Levy, but they've got 
three down linemen is questionable, including Anza and, of course, starter Devin Taylor. Neither Anza nor Levy practiced Wednesday or Thursday. Check out my practice reports video on Saturday. You'll get some more information. But if they're not practicing Wednesday or Thursday, it's looking like they're going to be without them again. If indeed that does happen, I really love Miller this week. I answered a Twitter uh, question earlier to our boy Coke Driver. I went with Miller there. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. Both of their strong side backers for the Lions, including Levy, are questionable. We saw what Green Bay can do to this team when Anza and Levy were out. Could be more of the same this week. You just can't ignore that near rock bottom price on DraftKings. Again, 2700 Rock bottom is 2500 Again, I could see using them in cash and GPP, so you can spend up elsewhere. Once again, he is my what you're talking about Willis play. He is my official tight end play, but I also like Jordan Reed, and I also like Greg Olson. Last but not least, we can review for the D. Defense so far, I'm at 2.16 per $1,000. Again, you're shooting for 3x on DraftKings. I'm at 2.16 for defense. Vikings. They are my official call, and why not? Because you heard me talking about how historically good they are. We saw what they did to Carolina last week. 4,700 on FanDuel, 3,600 on DraftKings. Again, they're averaging 14.7 points per game, according to FF Today. Think back to last year and how good Denver was. Denver is or was scoring on a per-game basis half. Half of what Minnesota is scoring on a per-game basis. Again, historically, since 2000, the best per-game average for a team, the 2013 Chiefs at 9.4. Here we have the Vikings, 14.7. Sure, that's not going to continue, but that's how bad ass they are let's look a little closer the average passer rating against them 69.7 i'm not talking completions passer rating you got several guys that are or several defenses that are averaging passer rating of over 100 vikings are averaging passer rating against them 69.5 the vikings lead the league with sacks uh once again they've got Sacks and interceptions. Last year is where 50 over 50% of fantasy scoring came from. So in 2015, if you added up interceptions and sacks, that was responsible for over 50% of fantasy defense scoring. Here I've got a team that leads the league with an average of five sacks per game. They've got five interceptions in three weeks. Only one team has more interceptions. There is not another team out there that has more sacks. Facing the Giants, who they don't really have a running game at the moment. They've got some banged up players. I mean, they're starting Paul Perkins. Uh, they're going to get more looks. Darkwa is starting. Football outsiders defense value adjusted over average. Their rank in the Vikings is third. Playing a team that doesn't run the ball or they don't have the uh, support to do so. Sure, they got OBJ. But as I said, I am fading Giant players. I am Fading my boy, Sterling Shepard, who we all know Dave T. Thomas knows and loves. But not this week. The Vikings are the team to go with. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the end of a fantastic Pyrolite podcast. Uh, I am Pyromaniac. Mo, give me a follow on Twitter. It's all letters. P-Y-R-O-M-A-N-I-A-C-M-O. And, of course, I want to thank uh, Louie Mack. Louis Mack will be back 
For more, of course, you can follow him on Twitter at Louis Mac. That is L O U I E M A C eight. He, along with Lytics, uh, who was on last week, we're going to try to get some more of the new guys on. We really got some great guys cranking it out. Uh, Stiff Kitty, keep him in your thoughts and prayers. He's going through some some family things right now. So Stiff Kitty, my brother, uh, get well. Take care of the family business. Family comes first, my friend. Uh, let's not forget fantasy. This is for fun. And Stiff Kitty, uh, you're in my thoughts and my prayers, my man. God bless Ladies and gentlemen, this has been uh, the Pepper Podcast on International Podcast Day. So when you get this tweet, if you would, retweet it with the hashtag Podcast Day. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Again, you got one week to uh, get the review back to me. You can find my email and my Twitter. Just send me a screen grab that you've left us, left us a review. You can use any platform you want, wherever you get Pyro. Leave us a review and you can be entered to win one of the Walter Payton Sweetness Posters Limited Edition. Only 85 of those puppies were done for the 85 Bears. Send me the proof, the screen grab. We're going to announce the winner in one week. Episode 48 of the Pyro Podcast. So that means you got to get your reviews in by November 7th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Stay tuned. As always, Speedometer, same old thing, is the music that brought us in. You're going to be able to hear the song in its entirety on the way out. For Mr. Louis Mack, I am Pyromaniac Moan. We will catch you on the flip side.